Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. Anybody here ever play sports or have like a performance art that you did? Maybe you play music. For me, it was magic, you know, and it was always great when I was up performing and doing magic, you know, because there would be at least one person yelling and cheering for me, and I'd have to tell the audience, it's, it's great that my mom's here today, you know. <laughs> People laughing at my jokes, it was good. Uh, but anyway, so you, you understand what it's like to have somebody on the sidelines cheering you on and saying, you can do it, come on, you can do it. And, uh, and so the gentleman that we have here today uh, to, to minister to you, he's been one of those guys. Uh, he and his wife were here on our first day when we launched, and they brought us flowers and said, we're praying for you. We believe in Simple Church, and, and uh, they continue to do that over our year of being here. And, uh, and it has always felt great to know that, that there are other men and women of God praying for us at other churches because we're all one body, right? Amen? And, uh, and so to know that they, they believe in us and that they, they've cheered us on has been a blessing to my heart, a blessing to my life. And um, so he is here today. His name is Shondell Johnson. He is uh, executive pastor at Real Church in Pataskala. And uh, when I asked him if he'd come and speak and he said, man, I got a three month window. I said, great, let's plan it now. And so I got him as fast as I could to get him in here. But he is going to be a blessing to you. He's a friend of mine. He's a friend of a lot of people in the congregation already. And today, when he's all done, he'll be your friend too. Please welcome my friend, Shondell Johnson. Good morning. Oh, cool. You can do better than that. Say good morning, Simple Church. What's up? How y'all doing this morning? Y'all doing good? Listen, for me, this is like being home, man. Like Pastor Aaron said, you know, uh, he and his wife, Shannon, we, we go way back. I mean, we used to shoot hoops in preschool together. Not really, but, you know, but we have, we've got a great relationship. And then there's so many others with your leadership. So for me, this is like homecoming. And so uh, it's excited for me to be here. Did you guys appreciate Mr. Control Skeens and what he brought uh, to the table with his rap? You know. It's been awesome to see what God's been doing through him. I've kind of, you know, had the opportunity to, to mentor him and uh, throughout the years and, and, and host him to sleep on my couch at different times and he eats all my food. But listen, I'm not bitter or anything, but it's been great to see what God has been doing uh, in his life. And he's got many other videos and stuff that he's developing and putting together uh, that will be on the Simple Church's uh, website. And, and you can, uh, so be looking for that and, and connecting with him, man. I'm just so... So uh, so proud of him. Uh, many people say we look alike, except for he's like four feet taller than me, um, in a little bit in a little bit darker. But um, that's okay. <laughs> um, but I, I'm excited to be here. My wife, she is here. Um, she's actually serving in the kids area, you know, and uh, with with her friend. And so uh, it was April's April's classroom. So she's serving. I've got three kids. Um, I've got, uh, we're blended family, so it's kind of funny, you know, because my wife's white and I'm black, if you haven't noticed. And, uh, and so when we, when we got married, you know, because um, my kids, she had kids, I married into kids. And so, which is a whole nother story, because listen, uh, I told God I would never do the InstaFam thing. Can I just say, be careful when you say never, because God, God's like, oh, you won't really, you will suck, we'll see what's going on with it. So I did that, but because like, 
the kids and I, we don't look like each other. So I used to joke around and say, listen, when we get married, we're going to have to get a family picture notarized. So that way, if the kids are ever crying and I'm tearing them out of the store, I'm not going to get I'm not gonna get arrested because they're like, why is this black guy carrying one these two white kids? What's going on? You know? And so I was like, like, I ain't trying to go to jail. I ain't trying to meet Bubba. None of that kind of stuff. So, you know. But then, then we've got a kid together that we have, which is my baby girl, baby Kaya, who is uh, – Seven months old, and she, I call her my little Oreo, man. Dude, that girl, she just has my heart. And you can't tell, but I'm kind of sick a little bit. And it's because she gave it to me. I hardly ever get sick, but doggone it, she's so cute. And she's got little snot bubbles and stuff like that. And you know what? I just when I just have to kiss her. I don't care how sick she is. I'm just going to kiss her. Well, because of that, I'm kind of paying the price. So if I sound a little stuffy, you know, it's because uh, I am. Listen, if you haven't picked up already, I suffer from what you might call ADD, ADHD, you know, and that means like my attention spans like about this long. And so, and so where many times you may go places and get one sermon, you know, when you listen to me speak, you're going to get about four or five, you know what I'm saying? So consider yourself doubly, triply blessed today because who knows where I'm going to go, you know, and now I'm like, I don't even know where I'm going. But listen, the thing I want to tell you is I love Jesus. I love Jesus with all with all of my heart, and uh, and I just want to tell you a little bit about me for a second because I've you know I've been there, I've been sitting in the seats, and you look at the guy speaking, you're like, Dude, what's this guy about? You know what I mean? And and uh, and many times when we see pastors, we think, man, I, dude, I just wish I could ever be like that. But you got to understand, I wasn't raised in a Christian home. You know, we didn't. I wasn't raised in an example of you know a good Christian family where you pray and and read your Bible and everybody's loving and kind and everything's roses. You know, that just was not the home that I grew up in. I grew up, uh, my dad was a very, uh, how do I say, angry man. And, uh, and many times when he came home, I didn't know, when the garage door went up, I got butterflies in my stomach because I didn't know if he was going to be in a good mood, a bad mood. I didn't know what kind of mood he was going to be in. And he's, his fuse was like this long. And so many times if he'd get upset, you know, he'd call me stupid, dumb, I'm not going to amount to anything, you know, all of these types of things. So growing up, I had a lot of anger and a lot of hatred uh, towards him, you know, he never went to my many of my any of my sports games and that kind of stuff. So there's just a lot of stuff that I that I dealt with growing up, and so because of that, uh, I ran. I did not want to be home. I wanted to be anywhere but home. And so you know, a lot of times I got into partying and drinking and, and sex and all that kind of stuff, just running from you know, just running from being from home. Just anywhere was better than where I was. And uh, and so can I tell you that being in that place. Right, it, it was a very dark place, and and I did a lot of things that I regret doing. But can I tell you that Jesus reached me where I was, and He pulled me out. And so when I worship God and when I preach to you, you gotta understand that's because I've been through some things. That's because listen, God took me from my darkest moments and pulled me up, and He and He transformed me. I'm a completely different person standing in front of you today. Now, one of the ways that He did that is He used a 14 year old girl, uh, blonde girl that. That, uh, that I was trying to hook up with, you know, I was like, hey, girl, what's up, you know, and she was like, no, boy, no, you know, and, and so and she was like, you know, I asked her out, totally got rejected, and she was like, well, but you can come to church with me, and so that Sunday, a 15-passenger van showed up in my driveway, see, she didn't have a family, y'all, she had a tribe, okay, and so they all showed up, and, and I'm thinking, okay, I can, I can deal with this, right, you know, and so I get in the van, and, and I get to the church, and, and I'm the only black person in the whole church, now listen, that's okay, because I'm used to it, because I grew up in Pickerington, right, 
And so, but listen, this church, they had the flags waving and everything. And if you've never been to a flag waving church, I'm going to say, listen, they get just a bit excited, right? So I'm ducking, trying not to get hit by the lady. Hallelujah! You know, she's just waving the flag. Jeez, you know, and, I, and I'm like, what in the Lord? Where am I? Right? And so I'm thinking, okay, that's all right, though. I got my eye on the prize. I got my eye on the prize, which was their daughter. So I was cool. Yeah, I can deal with that. <laughs> so at the end of the service, the mom comes up to me. No lie. 14 years old. Mom comes up to me and says, the Lord told me you're going to be a pastor. I'm thinking to myself, lady, I want to be a pimp, not a pastor. I mean, <laughs> you got the P right, but you just got the wrong ones on the end of it. You know, so that's what I'm thinking to myself. And long story short, listen, I, I never got that girl. That's okay because I got my girl. And I ended up getting giving my heart to Jesus. And like I said, getting transformed. And I ended up going to Bible college and... Um, you know, had ups and downs, you know, for a few years, but went to Bible college, graduated Bible college, moved back to Ohio, was pastoring up in Delaware for about seven years, and uh, and now I, I connected with one of my good friends, Pastor James, who's the lead pastor over at Real, and so we're we're in there, man, tearing it up for Jesus and Pataskala. So so that's my story. I just real quick, I wanted you to know a little bit about me and where I and where I came from, and so you know, the only reason that I was able to do that is because I reached a point where I said, Jesus, you can have it all. I've tried my way and I'm just getting myself in a whole lot of trouble. So Lord, take me. All right. Say what's up. Okay, good. The other thing I need to tell you before I get into my message is I'm used to people talking back to me. Okay. I'm not used to people just sitting there staring at me like, you know what I'm saying? So this is interactive. So, so if I say something and it hits you, whatever, you can say hallelujah. You can say praise the Lord. Amen. I don't care what shake the tree, whatever it is. Just let me know you're listening. Amen. Let's try to get amen. Amen. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I'm going to pray and then we're going to jump into the word. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for an awesome opportunity to be here at Simple Church. God, with my friends, Pastor Aaron, Shanda, and so many other friends. I'm not going to start naming them because we'll get mad because I'll probably leave out somebody. So I'm just going to say my friends. And Lord, I just pray that you would just bless this time that we have together. I pray that hearts would be open. I pray that your word would produce life. This morning, God, and that would bring freedom and hope in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Now, listen, as I said, I grew up in Pickerington, and uh, and I grew up, and there was this park, Sycamore Park, and I always liked to go there to fish, right? I know you're looking at me like, seriously, you fish? Yes, I fish. Don't judge. You know, and so I used to go with my, and I had my little kitty fishing pole, my little tackle box, right? And, and I'd, go to, I'd go to the pond, and I'd, we had a little cement thing that you could kind of step out on, and I'd cast my little bobber, you know, cast my little line, sit there with my little bobber, and, uh, and I would fish. I'd stand on the bank, and I'd watch that old fat bobber, you know, go under, come back up, whatever. Now, I do have a little bit of a confession to make, okay? I might have been a little bit scared to put my worm on the hook, okay? Don't judge me. You know, or I also didn't really enjoy taking the fish off the hook. You know, it was very slimy and and yucky, and it was just, you know. And so that's my confession, okay? I'm admitting that now. But yet, somehow, even with both of those things, I still enjoyed fishing. I would catch, you know, uh, bluegill, and I would catch sunfish, and I would think that I was the best fisherman in the world, right? There's nothing like, as a kid, think about it. There's nothing like casting your line in there. And then when that bobber goes under, that fish is hooked, and you just start to reel that sucker in, man, and you just start, it's exciting. But can I tell you that, that fishing, you can learn a lot of lessons fishing. Fishing will teach you a lot of things. Like one, it'll teach you, especially now, it'll teach you what kind of Christian you really are, right? When you, when you cast that line and all of a sudden you start to reel it in and the fish gets off the hook, 
oh yeah, you're gonna be challenged, you know, what comes out your mouth, right? You know? And so and so or or uh you know, or when you're when you're when you're fishing and uh and, and you get it and the bobber goes under and you think you got something, but then you really don't. You know, fishing teaches you patience, right? You know, and that's why I began, that was my first lesson on patience. Because some of you might be like I was when I was a kid. When you cast that line and you let that thing sit for about 10 seconds before you get bored, right? And what do you do after about 10 seconds? You reel that sucker back up and you just keep, you keep throwing it up. But see, fishing is all about patience. Look at your neighbor say patience. patience. All right, let's try it again. Look at your neighbor say patience. All right. The Bible actually talks about fishing a lot. There are many fishing stories, parables, and analogies all throughout Scripture. Uh, this has become fishing was one of the most common methods for getting food, and most of the families were directly connected with it. So people were familiar with fishing practices and fishing language. So when Jesus spoke about um, fishing parables, analogies, and stories, he knew that most people would understand now, I think it's a little bit difficult for many of us, people in our culture, to relate to fishing analogies in the Bible because most of us aren't directly re- involved with fishing anymore, right? Most of us, when we want fish, where we go? We go to the store. We go to Kroger's. We go to Giant Eagle, Walmart, K-Lock, Kmart, Blue Light Special. You know what I mean? We go to the store to get our fish. Well, well so... So we're pretty much removed from a lot of those practices. So the lessons and stories and analogies may not be so obvious for us. So this morning, we're going to take a look at one of those fishing stories and teaching moments from the Bible, and we're going to see what we can learn from it. The first thing we have to understand, though, is we got to understand their concept of fishing because their concept of fishing is not like our concept that we think of today. So I'm going to read Luke chapter 5. If you got your Bible, uh, open it up to Luke chapter 5. If you got your Bible, say, I got it. Uh, actually, it's more on your cell phones, right? You just pull it up, but it's on the screen if you don't. And here we go. Now Jesus was standing by the lake of, Pastor Aaron? That's right. And the crowd was pressing around him to hear the word of God. He saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then Jesus sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and lower your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and have caught nothing, but at your word, I will lower the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets started to tear. So they motioned to the partners in the other boats to come and to help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they were about to sink. But when Simon Peter saw, he fell down to his knees saying, Go away from from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For Peter and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the Zebedee's sons who were Simon's business partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. So when they had uh, brought their boats to shore, they left everything and they followed him. You see, let's break this story down real quick. So you've got Jesus, and he's teaching by the lake, and people are starting to crowd him. They're starting to get all up in his grill, right? And Because they're hungry, they're fascinated, they've never heard the word spoken in such a way. And so when and so what happened was, they were getting so close that he had to get into a boat, right? And he cast it out just a little bit, and he continued teaching the word of God. 
Well, after he finished, he told Simon, he said, hey, let's push out to the deep. We got to go out to the deep, uh, you know, and, and cast down your nets for a catch. And so Peter and the guys, they were tired from working all night. They didn't want to do it, you know, initially because they'd already tried it. They didn't catch anything. But Peter tells Jesus, he says, but listen, because you say it, I'll do it. And so they did it, and what happens? They caught a boatload of fish, so much that Peter had to motion to their business partners and other people to come and help them. They caught so much fish that their nets started to tear. And then, at the end of this, Jesus looks at Peter and he says, you are going to be a fisher of men. Now, understand something. This was Peter's and the disciples' call to ministry. And so what Jesus was saying is he's saying, listen, no longer will your profession be catching fish, water fish, that kind of fish. Actually, I don't know what I just did, but <laughs> ignore that. <laughs> you know, uh, water fish, but now, but now your focus will be on building the kingdom of God and spreading the truth. So think about this. So all of the time that Peter's invested into learning his craft of fishing, all of the skills, all of the effort that Peter invested in will now be used to invest in souls. That's what Jesus was saying to him. Can I tell you this morning that like Peter, we are also called to be fishermen. What does that mean for us? That means that when we accept Jesus, the focus on our life is no longer our profession. The focus on our life is no longer our hobbies, but the focus of our life becomes people. Becomes investing and reaching people. So I'm going to share four things. Look at your neighbor and say, folks. I've got four things I'm going to share with you this morning. The first thing is this. When, G when we're talking about fishing, Jesus is not talking about hook fishing. You see, most of us, when we think about fishing, we think of a fishing pole, some line, the right hook, and a lure. But can I tell you that up the coast of Maine, Massachusetts, down in Florida and Mississippi, they will tell you that fishing is about currents, weather, deep water, and strong nets. Okay, so with net fishing, listen, you are not enticing the fish to come to your disguised hook, but you're catching the fish right where they are in the deep. See, that's the kind of fishing I'm talking about this morning. See, back when they would fish, they would take these fishing nets. I tried to get one for you this morning, you know, and when they would go, they would take these nets and they would cast it out into the deep, right? And then it would, you know, it would fall, whatever, and then when they would bring up they would bring it up and it would entrap a bunch of fish right where they are can i tell you that can i tell you that i believe in modern day church we spend more time trying to disguise our hook waiting for people to come here when god has called us to go after the fish casting a net of truth i want you to look around for a moment can i tell you that the reason that most of you are here this morning is because some people here decided not to sit around there were some people here that decided that they were going to go out into the community that they were going to go out and cast their net and reach you where you were they decided they were going to go and do outreaches that they were going to go out and do mailers that they were going to go hit the neighborhoods that they were going to put up signs they were going to do social media they were going to cast their nets in such a way as to reach you 
We need to work less at appealing to people's emotions and desire to be entertained and more at studying and knowing the truth of the scriptures that carry all the power to bring freedom and new life. Because, see, can I tell you that that's where the power comes. When I look at my life, and, and, and certainly I enjoyed hanging out and I enjoyed building relationships and spending time with people. You definitely need to do those things. But can I tell you the power was when the word of God began to be planted inside of me. And all of a sudden, I realized that all of those identity things that my dad placed on me, that I was stupid, I was dumb, I wasn't going to mount anything, all of those issues of, of self-consciousness that I developed because of that relationship, it was the word of God that lifted off of me, that lifted those things off of me, those things that said that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Those things that said that I have a purpose and a calling on your life. And can I tell you that that's where the truth, that's where the power comes. And what happens in many of our lives is we come to church, we sit in the seats, and we say, oh, wow, that's good. And then we leave, or maybe we'll show up to Chicks Chat and Chocolate, you know, and we'll have, we'll build the relationships. With, listen, it's important to have those relationships. Don't get me wrong. But you've got to get it to the Word of God, because that's where the life and the power comes from. Amen? You see, 2 Timothy uh, 2.15 says this. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. Can I tell you that it's difficult to appropriately handle something you're unfamiliar with? It is difficult to appropriately handle something. See, God says, study, show yourself approved so that you will know how to use my word. Because that's where the powers. In other words, learning the word of God gives birth to life. Or in other words, how can you have application without knowledge? Are you with me? That's why you have pastors and leaders that tell you, hey, are you having your devotions? Are you, are you learning? Are you getting in? Are you buying books? Fill yourself with the word of God. Because what happens is this. We all will have ups and downs. But if you're finding that in your walk with God that you're starting to level off. And, and, and it's not as exciting. And, and, and maybe it becomes boring or dry. Or, or you know whatever adjective you put on them. The question is, are they getting into the word? Because the word is where the life is. Somebody say amen. Amen. How many of you have ever wanted to pray for someone. But you weren't sure what to pray. Can I tell you that when you have the word in you, it begins to flood out of you like a river. And you literally will see life and power of the word right before your eyes. Can I tell you the thing that excites me the most as a pastor and as a leader is when all of a sudden, you know, prayer time comes and people come and they open up to you about what's going on in their life, right? And they say, can you pray for me? And I lay my hands on it and all of a sudden I begin to pray the word of God over them, right? I begin to, I begin to pray that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Right, that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And all of a sudden, all of the things that they've been struggling with on the inside, as they hear the word, the word takes root with them and they begin to break. Because in this life, listen, we're going to have trials, we're going to have struggles. And can I tell you, and can I tell you that many times this is the lie that we buy into is I've, I've been hurt, I've been let down, I've been disappointed so many times that what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a little shell around myself, right? And, and that way I can control it. So that way I'll make sure, I'll make sure this never happens again. Or the types of things that we say. And so what happens, though, is that when you reach a place of saying, you know what, Jesus, I'm going to surrender everything to you, you begin to let the word, and it begins to break down all of those chains. And all of a sudden, life begins to happen. Okay? The next thing that I want to tell you 
is that there are some catches that will only happen in the deep water. There are some catches that will only happen in the deep water. Can I tell you that the reason that Jesus, uh, the reason that Jesus told him to go to the listen, you can sit if you've ever watched commercial fishermen. What's that show on A and E that the catch dangerous? Catch, what is it called? Deadliest catch. How many of you guys have ever seen deadliest catch? Right? Do you think in commercial vision, when your goal and your objective is to catch a whole boatload of fish, what do you think they do? They just sit there on the shoreline and they got 50 people with fishing poles and that's going to happen. Is that how they do it? No. They push out into the deep water and they have their nets and they have their baskets and they launch those things in there, right? And all of a sudden, I love it when you, when you pull it up, you know, and, and, it's, and it's net fulls and basket fulls of fish. And I'm, I'm like high-fiving whoever I'm watching it with. Like, yeah, I mean, you just get so, you just get so into it. But can I tell you that, 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 what, that they would not have had that catch had they not gone to the deep waters. See, the deep waters are the waters that are away from the bank of safety and familiar. See, the reason we stay on the bank because it's safe on the bank. It's familiar with the bank. I've got control when I'm standing on the ground, right? But when you get into the water, when you cast out into the deep, all of a sudden, it requires fishing skills. It requires more skills. All of a sudden, there's more risk involved. You have less control. It requires more faith. Can I tell you that Peter and those guys had no idea what to expect. When Jesus calls you to the deep, there you don't know. You can't see. See, when you're on the bank, at least I can look right there and I can kind of see things, right? We all like to see things, right? But when you go out into the deep, there's it's the unknown. But can I tell you that going into the deep, it also positions you for the greatest catch. And as Christians, that's what God desires us that when we are fishers of men that we're going out and we are he wants to give us the big catch and God is calling us to the deep and so what does that look like you know what it looks something different for all of us but can I tell you that the deep waters is stepping out of your box of limitations you see many of us we miss out on God opportunities and experiences we miss out on God opportunities and experiences in the name of this excuse well I'm not that kind of person or I can't do that that's not my personality can I tell you that God has a history of equipping the call and taking people who thought they couldn't and showing them that they could all he needs is a willing heart see your deep water may be surround may be surrendering who you think you are and who you think you aren't for an attitude of I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength you see You might be like, I might not like to talk to people that I don't know, but God, you've called me to reach the loss. So I'm stepping out and sharing your word. That might be your deep water. Your deep water may be, God, my life is so busy that I don't have time to add another thing. But because you called me to hide your word in my heart, I will let go of one of those other things and I will join a Bible study. Chicks chatting chocolate. Just saying. Are you willing to go, you know, the question is, are you willing to go deep? Are you willing to risk the safety and the familiar for the blessing of the unknown? It was unknown what was going to happen. But you know what Peter said? But Jesus, because you said it, I'll do it. You may say, you may be here in the the deep waters, maybe God, I don't know if I have enough money to pay my bills. But because you challenged me to give first to the Lord, I'm going to step out. By being faithful and stepping out into the unknown, you are positioning yourself 
to receive the blessing through obedience. You see, in order to receive the catch, they had to go deeper than they've ever been. And that's what God's saying this morning. It's God saying, listen, I desire, I didn't save you to keep you in the same spot, but I've saved you because I've called you to be a light and I've called you to be a fisher of men and I want to grow you and I want to develop you, but you've got to be willing to go deeper. And sometimes that's scary because because it requires more of yourself. And many times you may look at yourself and you may look at other people and say, oh, I can never do that. I can never be like that. Can I tell you that the first thing that you've got to do is ask the Lord to change that mind because the truth is that you can do all things through Christ Jesus. Maybe God's gifted you to sing and, and, and you do it. Nobody knows it, you know, but you know what? You And you may think, I'll ne- I can never sing like Kelly or Kyle or I can never do that. But can I tell you, all God needs is just a willing heart and you'd be surprised at how God might be able to use you. Somebody say Amen. Don't let your excuses or past experiences keep you from your blessing. You see, at first, Peter told Jesus, hey, we already tried that, right? Jesus told Peter, hey, let's go out into the deep and cast your Peter said, look, we already did it, Jesus. We tried it once, and it didn't work. We didn't catch anything. But can I tell you that he could have missed his blessing if he would have listened to his flesh over his Savior. His blessing was in the deep waters. Peter went to the deep waters without any guarantee of what things were going to look like. All he knew was that Jesus was telling him to go. Can I tell you this morning that if you remain faithful and obedient, Jesus will show up. You may say, but I've already prayed and it didn't work. I prayed and it didn't work. Can I tell you, keep praying. Your catch is coming. You may be like, yeah, but I tried giving to God, but I still haven't seen a return. Let me tell you this morning, keep giving, protect your heart. Your catch is coming. You may be like, I tried to be nice to them. I tried loving them, but they're still a jerk. Listen, stay the course. Your catch is coming. You may be here today and say, I can't let go of those group of friends. We've been friends forever. Listen to me. You are spiritually drowning. Cut the strings. Your catch is coming. You see, I... I'm going to tell you a really quick story about my dad. I mean, I told you a little bit about my dad and growing up. But when I was in Bible college, I had this attitude of this. You know what? All I need is me and Jesus, my dad, you know, whatever. You know, I said that I've forgiven him, but in reality, I really didn't. But my attitude was, you know, all I need is, is me and Jesus. And but Jesus began convicting my heart when it came to my relationship with my dad. And, uh, and, and I, remember, uh, I remember him challenging me. He says, I've not called your relationship to look like that with him. But, and I'm like, yeah, but, but Jesus, you don't know what he did to me. And in, in retrospect, that's like the dumbest thing, right? <laughs> really? He doesn't know? You know, he, you know, he said, I saw what he did to you. But then he, but then he says, and I forgot to say this, you know, first verse, but then he said, yeah, but look at what you've done to me. Whew. And so I began praying for my dad, you know. And what the Lord did is he allowed me to feel the weight and the pain that my dad has felt lives with every single day. You see, my dad grew up poor in the hood in Columbus with six brothers and sisters. His dad died when he was when he was younger, so he didn't know his dad. Grew up, got drafted, went to Vietnam, uh, saw stuff that he will not talk about even to this day. He won't talk about it. He got married, had two kids. That marriage failed. He had two kids that he never talks to. That I've, I've met maybe once in my entire life. Then he married my mom. They were married for some years. That marriage failed. Uh, and you know, and relationships. So my dad has suffered just 
over and over and over. And so what happened is this, is I began to feel the weight of what he lives with every single day. And let me tell you something. It's funny that God changed something in me. Rather than me focusing on what my dad did to me, all of a sudden my heart began to be like, Jesus, you need to save him. God, you need to lift that burden off of him. And I began to develop a burden for my dad. And so so I committed that, you know what, regardless of what he does, I'm going to love him. I'm going to reach out to him. So I I started saying, you know what, I'm going to start with saying I love you. My dad never says I love you. That just did not happen, right? And so the first time I was home, I said I love you. He just looked at me. Kind of weird. Yeah, I'm like, oh, it was an awkward kind of moment. You know, it's kind of like if you ever tried to hug somebody and they weren't expecting to hug, and it was just like that awkward, you know. And so it was one of those moments. But you know what? I kept doing it. I kept saying I love you. I kept saying I love you. I kept saying I love you. I kept trying to build a relationship with him. And there were times where it, he was receptive, and there was times where it was cold. And can I tell you, when it was cold, I'd go back. See, Jesus, I told you I didn't want to do this. You know, you know. But but the thing that God assured me is, listen, all you can't control him. All you can control is you. And so I did that. And can I tell you that to this day, my dad and I have a relationship. We have a good relationship. I'm still believing on him to get saved, you know, but, but I got a picture of him holding my baby girl, you know, and I still say that I love you, that kind of stuff. But can I tell you, and we've had some great uh, memories and some great moments, but can I tell you that that never would have happened had I not chose in my heart, regardless of what he did, that I was going to follow Jesus. Somebody say amen. Amen. See, the blessing was in the obedience of going to the deep waters. See, that's what the deep waters were for me because it was uncomfortable. It was challenging. It was stretching. I didn't want to do it. But I said, you know what, Jesus, because you said so, I will. I want you to think about your life. What are the things in your life? What are the deep waters in your life that are a stretch for you that Jesus is calling you to? Maybe you don't want to. It's uncomfortable. You're just like, eh, you know, and maybe you don't even feel it. But when you dive into the word and when when God, when his word begins to come alive and he begins showing you how things should be, how we should act, how we should respond, it's tough. What are those areas for you? And this is the last thing as, uh, as Kelly comes. Uh, you can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. You see in the story after they, after he listened to Jesus and he went out to the deep waters and they cast their nets and you know what? Jesus showed up. They had a catch. But what does the Bible say? The Bible says that it was, the catch was so large, right? It was so large that the net started to tear, the boat started to sink, that Peter had to reach out to his other partners, the people that he was connected with. Listen, Peter then caught so much fish that they had to have help securing it. You have to have godly, strong, godly relationships so that when you, when you need help, your brothers and your sisters are right there. See, one of the things that the enemy does is he tries to isolate us. There's many people that come to church every week, but they're not truly connected. They sit in a seat and they leave, but they're not connected. That's not how God has called us to be as Christians. God, we are created to be in relationships. We're created to be connected. And here's the deal. If you're not connected, then when you're going through a hard time, when you're going through a tough time, you're not going to have anyone there to call, to rely on, because you've not been connected. And so the reason that Peter was able to call on some people to come and help him was because he had done the work investing previously so that when he needed it, they were there. 
Having the right amount of support ensures that the catch is handled properly. It's easy to get overwhelmed. And when we get overwhelmed, we could end up damaging the very thing that we were trying to catch. Think about that. We could end up damaging the very thing that we were trying to catch. So you were made to connect. So as we close this morning, God is preparing us and calling us to deep waters. He's preparing us for the deep waters, but we have to be willing to trust him and let go of our preconceived expectations. And we have to fully surrender our heart, as Peter did, saying, Lord, because you say so. I don't know what's out there. I don't know what it's going to look like. But because you say so, I'll do it. So this morning you may be here and you're making a decision to answer the call. Maybe you said, you know what, I've never accepted Jesus as Lord in my life. But this morning, I want to become a fisher of men. I realize what Jesus has done for me. And I want to be able to become a fisher of men so that I can do it for others. I'm 34 years old. I look back on many of my friends that I used to run with. Many of them are addicted to some drug or another. Several babies with different people that they hardly ever see. I reach and, and other other things. When I gave my heart to Jesus, I said, God, I'm gonna be a fisher. And I went after him. Some of them came, some of them didn't. But the one thing that I've committed to is become a fisher of men. That if they that if they stand before Jesus, when they stand before Jesus, it's not gonna be that they didn't if they're in my life. I'm in a relationship with them. They heard about Christ. So if they go to hell, it's not going to be because Shondell Johnson didn't cast a net of truth. You with me? So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you for a moment to, if you've never accepted Jesus and you say, you know what, this morning I want to make that decision. I'm not going to ask you to bow your head, close your eyes. I'm not going to do any of that. Uh, some people do. I do it sometimes. But this morning I just feel, no. Because here's the reality. If you can't make that decision in this place where it's safe with people that love you, right, and that will support you, then you won't follow through with it when you walk out these doors and you enter a world with a lot of people that just don't care. So if you're here this morning and you say, I want to become a fisherman, I want, I'm accepting the call of God on my life. I'm just going to ask you to do one quick thing. I'm not going to call you for it. I just want you to raise your hand and put it back down just so that I know who I'm praying for. If that's you this morning and you say, I'm accepting the call, I'm accepting Jesus, and I will become a fisher of men, just go ahead and raise your hand real quick and put it back down. So I'm making Jesus Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Anybody else? All right. The next thing is you may be here and you say, I'm ready to trust Jesus and surrender to the unknown. See, maybe you're the kind of person in your personality where you've been dictating to Jesus what you will and what you won't do. Right? When he, when he calls you to go to the deep, you say, you know what? I'm just not ready for that right now. So, no, I'm not going to do that. And so you have kind of lived, you believe in Jesus, but you have been living by your own standards. 
And you're saying, you know what, this morning I'm ready to surrender, to let go. Because I know that God has a catch that is ready for me if I will trust him and go to the deep waters. I believe in Jesus, but I'm struggling to surrender control. Maybe you think like this. I'm a practical person and things have to make sense for me in order for me to do it. I need a certain level of comfort before I do things. But you say this morning, I'm ready to let God stretch me and mold me to use me however he sees fit. If that's you this morning, you say, pray for me that I can do that. Let me see your hand. Amen. Amen. God bless you. All throughout this place. The next thing, almost done, is you may be here this morning and you say, I struggle trusting God because of past experiences. See, when Peter was in the boat, when Jesus told him to cast out, Peter's initial response was, but Jesus already tried that and it didn't work. <laughs> Many of us can, are in a place of discouragement, confusion, because we've tried certain things before and it didn't pan out the way that we expected. And so we hold on to these past experiences so that when Jesus is trying to tell us to do something, we won't because we think about what happened before. And you're here this morning and you say, I need help overcoming it because I don't want to miss out on the Lord's blessings because I'm holding on to the past. If that's you this morning, just so that I know who I'm praying for, let me see your hand. God bless you. And the last thing, and then we'll pray, is you may be here and you are a person that you typically do things alone. And you recognize that this morning that I need to be connected to a support team. You say, I need strength to follow through with this decision and break free from whatever causes me to not want to connect. But I realized this morning that I need to connect with people and I need to connect with my church and I need to get into those relationships so that when I'm struggling, when it's hard, when I need help, I have those relationships there. If that's you, raise your hand. God bless you. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for what you're doing this morning, God. And God, I thank you that there are some that have chosen to answer the call to become fishermen, God. To, to let you begin to dictate, God, to them, God, who to reach and how to reach. And so, Jesus, I pray that you would make them new, God. I pray that, that all of their sins, God, would be washed away, God. I pray, Jesus, that, that they would just surrender everything that they are, God, that you would make things new. And Father, I just thank you that you would give them faith to believe, to trust that you will use them. And God, I pray for those that are struggling to trust you in the unknown, to surrender the unknown. God, there's some here, God, that they're used to being in control. They like to be where it's comfortable. But God, that they've said, you know what, this morning I'm going to lay that down, God. And I know that there is an unknown blessing in the deep waters. And Jesus, I'm surrendering it. I'm letting it go. Father, would you help them? Would you show them how to surrender it, how to lay them down, God? I pray, Father God, that, that this place will be filled with testimonies, God, over the next weeks and months, Lord, of people that have surrendered that. <laughs> And Lord, I thank you for those that are in here that are acknowledge that they struggle to trust you because of past experiences. God, I pray that they would find forgiveness and healing. I pray, God, that you would help them through those experiences, God, that they would be able to get excited about the future because they've totally buried the past. And so, Jesus, I pray that you would begin to set them free, God. Help them to overcome it, God. And Lord, launch them into their blessings. 
because of their obedience and their faithfulness to you. And lastly, God, for those that are in here that need strength of connecting with people, they're used to doing things alone, God, whatever the reason, God, I pray that they would connect that this morning, whether it's they're coming up to Pastor Aaron and the leaders and saying, you know what, how can I connect? Help me. I'm going to make this a priority in my life because I realize that Jesus has created me to be in relationships and to be connected and I've not been connected and I realize the importance of it. So God, help them to overcome that. In Jesus' name, amen.